0: Now, you might not believe this, but the career path of almost every super successful individual included having a job just like the one you have now. You're either going to or coming from work, so we might as well talk about it today on Your Way to Work. And now, your host, Ricardo Whitney.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to On Your Way to Work. It's an honor to spend a few minutes with you, whether you're in your car, at your desk, or in the parking lot, dreading to go into the workplace today. You know what I have found out? Everyone is talking to your boss about leadership and how to be a better leader, but no one's talking to you on the work floor about the things you need to do and the path you need to take to have your boss's job one day. My friends, listen. A promotion is a process. It's a journey. That's why they call it a career path. And this is the only show talking exclusively about the path from your current job to your future promotion. Trust me. You're already on a path. Don't take where you're working now for granted. It is connected to where you want to be. And today, my guest and I are going to help you get a little closer to there.
0: You're listening to episode 26 of On Your Way to Work with your host, Ricardo Witted.
1: Hi, listeners. This is Rick Witted from the podcast show "On Your Way to Work." I am live in the office of Andreas Marpong. That's right. Uh, and Andreas, it happens to be very connected to my family. He is the uh, owner of Kuman, uh, which is. I'll he'll have to explain that to you <laughs> in a little bit. All I can tell you is that my girls. Love, hate, kuman, uh, all at the same time. So welcome, Andreas, it's good to have you. Thank you, good to have you too. So you, you do a lot of things and as I'm sitting here in your office and I'm looking on your wall, I see several accomplishments, um, I see several degrees, and uh, I know you're currently working on a PhD as well, is that That's correct? right. That's right. Good. So why don't you share
2: for the listeners, first of all, a little bit about you. Tell us your story. So basically, uh, I'm Andreas, and I'm originally from Indonesia. And I've been in the country for, I think, the past 15 years. 15 years. 15 years, that's right. It's a long time. Yeah, it's been a while, but time flies, right? Yes. So basically, I did my uh, my high school back in Melbourne, Florida. Okay. And I moved to Orlando to do my... uh, a uh, bachelor's degree in computer science at UCF. UCF? That's right. Go Knights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then after that, uh, I got the scholarship to continue with my master's degree, Okay. Uh, focusing more on the human-robotic interactions. Human-robotic okay. interactions? That's right, yes. That's just too smart for me. <laughs> yeah, we just want to have a robot that can express emotions. So when you deal with robots or with computers, it will be more like human-human interactions. I gotcha. Versus human-machine interactions. Okay. And then after that, I work in the business areas when uh, I become the software engineers. Okay. And I work over there for five years. I enjoyed the travel all over the world to handle the projects in South Korea and then Japan. Okay. As well as Singapore. And after that, I just decided to change path. Okay. To become uh, common business owners or common instructors.
1: Wow. So you were a a software engineer for about five years. That's right. And so, what specifically did you do as it
2: relates to software engineering? So basically, the company that I uh, used to work with mm-hmm. is um, actually was making a, a machines that can uh, fix the defects in the uh, LCD panel. LCD panel. LCD panel. Okay. Right. LCD panel is pretty huge and it's quite expensive if the all the logic lines are working. Okay. So a lot of things are now, I mean, they are tro- just throw it away because they cannot fix it up to that point. But when we invented the machines, uh, they were able to fix the logic lines that's damaged Okay. and using the laser technology as well as the chemical compound. And after that, it can become more useful. Uh, typically, it costs about quarter million a piece. Wow! For yes, for the uh, LCD panel to be working, basically that was one of the projects that uh, I worked with in, in Japan and South Korea. Samsung one was one of our clients. Samsung. Samsung. Yeah. That's gotcha. Right. And besides that, we also build a machine that can uh, uh, cut the microcomputer chips. Okay. And uh, basically, we just want to see the defects inside the microchips. And using the laser technology, we are able to cut it as well as open layer by layer the more compound that the chip has to see what kind of damage they have inside. So it is a lot of laser-related machines that so, I work with.
1: So first of all, that sounds extremely specialized.
2: That's right. That's right.
1: Uh, are there a lot of people across the world that that know how to use this technology or work with this machine?
2: Well, actually, uh, for both machines, my uh, ex-boss owned the patent. Okay. And uh, I'm fortunate enough to be one of the the team members who invented the, the, the machines. Okay. So basically, I was one of the original engineers that worked with this machine. We built it together. And to answer your questions, not many people knows how to do that.
1: Wow, wow. So, so you still get called from time to time to travel.
2: That's right, that's right. In fact, I just came back from Taiwan about a couple of months ago. Wow. And I was in New York. We still uh, built like a machine, to, uh, like the, we call it Fat Cat, uh-huh. to open and then to lace the, the computer chip. And uh, I need to go back there in the next couple of weeks because we have a machines to be sent to Taiwan uh, hopefully soon.
1: Wow. Yes. So you, 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 you didn't really retire from that business,
2: <laughs> not really. Well, when you have the opportunity, why don't you just do that, right? Right. right. Especially uh, if I'm the only one that knows how to do it, it's just like become you know moral obligations. Yeah. For me to help uh, my 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 boss. Wow. So. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm I'm sure he doesn't uh,
1: pay you in an M and M's or.
2: Oh no no. <laughs> I, I, I play my card. That, right. <laughs> right. So right. basically, yeah, basically you know uh, I he knows my situation. And then I told him that you know, I mean, if he doesn't pay me a certain amount of money, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so we play uh, using my card, gotcha. and then uh, because I'm also busy with other business projects that I have.
1: Wow! So it's really interesting that you have found a niche to uh, to make yourself very valuable in the in the marketplace.
2: Yes, I just realized it now. Back then, I didn't know it. Yeah. Until you know, you, you, you just stop doing that, and then suddenly someone just wants to pay you that high, giving you the kind of luxury with kind of cars and then all kind of uh, hotels to right. stay in.
1: Right. Well, you know, I, I want to talk about that. So today's show is really about how can we, and this is what you've done for my family mm-hmm. um, through Kuman, but how can we help our children get a head start? Mm -hmm. in the workplace so that that they can win in the workplace. And it sounds like you've done a lot of those things. Yes. So let's switch to Kumon. So you have your highly specialized skill, highly sought after, one of a handful of people in the world that works on a very sophisticated, extremely expensive machine Mm -hmm. that fixes other extremely expensive machines. That's right. That's a great life. What made you leave that full-time and start a Kumon institution? And, and if you would, share a little bit about what Kumon really is. Okay, sure,
2: sure. Well, uh, I do like teaching. Okay. Yeah, back then, about 10 years ago, I was in the Ph.D. program in computer science, but uh, I had to leave it because, you know, uh, my professor wanted to move friends and then she wanted me to move with her <laughs> to to friends with the some the same kind of terms scholarship and then also the the, the allowances mm-hmm. but you know i love florida i love orlando so much <laughs> so <laughs> the home I, of mickey mouse that's right yes yes <laughs> it's just so love you know it's so enjoyable to live in here so i just decided not to continue back then and then that's when you know i joined the company and then the company didn't work out and then i moved to come Because I do believe uh, in the value of the Kumon program. Yeah. What is Kumon? Kumon is basically a supplemental learning for children. It is a franchise business from Japan. Okay. It has been established uh, for 50 years, 50 years around the world. And basically the goal of the Kumon program is to let the students studying at least three years above grade levels. Okay, three Why, years above
1: their current grade that's level. Right, okay. That's
2: right. So let's say if you have a kid like first grader now, mm-hmm. the aim let's say two years from now for them to be able to work at least fifth grade levels. Okay. Right. So first grade, come third grade, and then third grade, three plus three is gonna be three, five or six, sixth grades. Okay. So gotcha. basically, that's the aim of the Kumon program. Okay. Why is it important for uh for for them to learn to years above grade levels? Basically, that's the belief uh, from the Mister Kumon, the founder of the Kumon program. Who passed away many years ago? He believes that if the student can study that advance, he will be able to. Uh, they will be able to see the school material as easy mm-hmm. because they have learned new things. They made mistake in Kumon, so basically the school is basically a piece of cake for them. Okay. So basically, that's why what, that's what we are doing in here.
1: Wow. So the the goal of Kumon is that no matter where a, a student currently in that's is, right. within a, a a couple of years in the program. Mm-hmm. The goal is that they will be at least two to three grade levels beyond where their current grade level is. At that's the time. right.
2: That's right. Regardless of where they're starting with, I had a lot of students who almost fail the, the grades. Mm-hmm. And then we work through that. And then uh, over the years, we can switch that boy, you know, that girl to become honorable students. Right. So it's just it's a matter of you know working hard.
1: Yeah. Well, and then I, working together. And I gotta tell you, just um, you know just uh, how much we appreciate what you've done for uh, our our girls, um, particularly you. my oldest daughter, who's yeah. not a math fan. <laughs> She's very creative. She loves uh, drawing and creating things. She's very right brained.
2: Yes, I can uh, see that
1: and yet um you've got her doing almost pre-calculus work at this point yes i, I, I you know full disclosure we cannot help her with her homework I, yeah. we don't know where to start <laughs> you're on your we just look at her and go okay let's bow for a moment of prayer We're
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well you're not one of them actually i mean i have a lot of parents just okay calling me you know and it's like what should i do it's like okay just bring it them here and then I'll take care of everything. Yeah, and you've
1: been wonderful with that. I mean, I know they're here a couple days a week, but you've just opened the doors uh, many days to my wife. So we really appreciate that. Thank you. So before we get into the conversation um, that I think every parent uh, that's listening to the show, uh, you should really dial in and get a pen and paper to take some notes because Andreas is going to help you through how you get your kid at the front of the line in the workplace. But Andreas, before we go there, tell us a little bit about what you've observed in the workplace. So you have worked for someone, very specialized skill set. Um, so that means you've been in a working environment as an That's employee, right. uh-huh. but you also own your own franchise business mm-hmm. and you've got several employees here that I see whenever I bring the girls that work for you. Mm-hmm. So from that gambit, that range of, of experience, employer and employee, what are two, three, two or three skill sets that you've witnessed and observed in the workplace that will absolutely make you stand out as a great employee?
2: That's good questions. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess what the 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 main things that we want to have as the employee is that we have to work hard. So right? hard work, hard working. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I if if you become an employer, you love the hard working, you know, employees, mm-hmm. right? And uh, you know, you have to be able to you know, open to learning process. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of what I've seen for the past couple of years that I've seen a lot of employee employees. Not willing to learn. Okay. They just think that whatever they are doing is the right things. Gotcha. But as the, for example, for, as the business owner, I know what the main things that needs to be done, right? And then as the employees, we need to be able to open up to different ideas. Gotcha. And then to open up to the criticisms. Okay. Criticisms. Then, yeah, because it's going be, to help us to grow as the employees.
1: So it sounds like you're saying coachable.
2: That's right, coachable. That's mm-hmm. right, that's a good word. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. Because that's what I experienced when uh, I was a software engineer. Mm-hmm. I was barely just like a new grad student, right? Just finished my uh, master's degree in computer science. <laughs> that's when I got the job, and then basically I had no experience at all. And I told myself, okay, I need to learn something, right? mm-hmm. especially when you know uh, I was the only person back then, right, right. to be responsible with the projects. So I just you know, opened up myself to different kind of engineering uh, managers, mm-hmm. and then I heard their opinions and then tried to voice my opinions also based on my skill set. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, I mean, we were able to deliver the machines to the clients in Japan and South Korea, and then make them happy. Right? So based on the experience, I do believe that we have to be able to to be coachable, right? Like you said, right? And then, yeah, and then the last thing I, I do believe that we have to be able to, not only hardworking, but we always want not to give up easily.
1: Okay, perseverance. Right.
2: Perseverance, that's right. right. And then because you mean like things happen in life, right? Things are gonna get tough, mm-hmm. and then there will be conflicts in in the workplace. But if you a lot of people I see like they, they, they give up easily. Mm-hmm. they say if you don't you know if you don't follow what i want I'm not going to do that right uh, which is not really good things right yeah. it's not really uh, mature and then, it's that you know,
1: sense of self- entitlement
2: that's right <laughs> yeah
1: I see a lot of that in the workplace <laughs>
2: that's right yeah. yeah especially with the younger you know generations mm-hmm. uh, they just have to be able to you know open up to the criticisms as well as not give up easily yeah. because you don't know what's going to happen at the end of the tunnel right right if you just stay strong and then persevere what you are doing, Who knows? You're gonna become like me, right? You you're gonna become the assets that the company has. Right, right. And then people willing to pay you as much money as they you want to to do the job, right? Wow. That 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 so great things, you know,
1: I'm thinking about so those three things, hard work uh, a person that doesn't give up easy, who mm-hmm. perseveres, and being coachable. Right. I, I'd love to dive into those just a little bit more. Sure. I hear a lot of people say hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've I've interviewed uh, at least two dozen business owners and professionals, and somewhere in the conversation, hard work comes up. Mm-hmm. So now put on your employer hat. You're okay. the boss. What do you see that translates? into hard work. We use that term a lot, Mm -hmm. but what are the characteristics, what are the behaviors that tell you as the owner, hmm, that employee is a hard worker?
2: Well, for me personally, when I see someone follow what I told them to do, right, and then they use the time wisely, Uh, you know, I mean, like, they deliver the the work that I want to uh in a good quality. I can say that he or she is a hard worker, and then always use the time in the correct way. The correct way. Correct way, that's Mm -hmm. right. For example, if it's time for you to work, work, right? Right. I mean, a lot of times when we have like a younger uh, workers, they tend to text a lot. Text. Yes. Mm. Yes, text and then working. I know looking. a lot about text with a house full of teenagers. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet. I mean, I do have a lot of you students you know, who love to text. Oh, yeah. Yes, but I mean, I don't mind them texting once or twice. Mm-hmm. But texting along, you know, you know, when they work here, when I pay them, mm-hmm. it's just not acceptable. Yeah. And then a lot of times I have to remind them, okay, stop texting. Yeah. Right. And then I always put the flag on the student, uh, on the workers, that I keep reminding them. Mm-hmm. So, because I know who's, who works hard, who does not tax a lot. Mm-hmm. And then I can typically for that, for those kind of person, I like to give them a lot of voice. Gotcha. Because they, they follow what I want, they deliver what I want. And the correct time and efficiently, that's what I like. So that's interesting. And I appreciate that. I know
1: I threw that question in there on you uh, by surprise, but mm-hmm. It's just helpful for people to begin to get a word picture mm-hmm. of what hard work means. And That's from fun. what you're saying, you know, when Andreas sees a hard worker, what he sees is someone, first of all, doing exactly what I ask you to do. That's right. Doing what I asked you to do in a way and a manner that delivers good quality mm-hmm. and does so in an efficient, you know, uh, in an efficient way. Mm hmm. Uh, so that's really helpful because when people think hard work, they think sweat, right? Uh, they no, think, no. and you can be really busy doing nothing.
2: Uh, yes, that's so right. So it's
1: not just about you know working hard at something. That's right. It's from what you're saying, it's working hard at the right thing. That's right. And the right thing is the direction that the owner, the manager, the boss, mm-hmm. the supervisor gives you. Yes.
2: I like to, 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 to think of this word, uh, working smart. Working smarter. Yeah. I mean you you know the Pareto principle. So I you mm-hmm. know, by using twenty percent of your energy you can accomplish eighty percent of your you know what your goal. And what's uh, that called again? Pareto principle. The Pareto principle.
1: The Pareto principle. Yeah. Using twenty yeah. percent of your 80s. energy yes. you, you can, can accomplish eighty percent.
2: Gotcha. So basically that's how I always do my work. I don't want to waste my time doing useless things. Mhm. I just want to 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 spend twenty percent of my time to do eighty percent of my goals. So basically, that's really what's stuck in my mind. That's what I learned back when I when I did my MBA.
1: Right, and so you're looking for employees who are trying to accomplish the same task. That's right. Gotcha. That's right. Gotcha. Very. In- so in, in a sense, you're also looking for employees who are entrepreneurial, those who learn to think outside the box to get things done. Without breaking the box. That's right. Yes, <laughs> that's an important piece. Yes. Um, yes. but someone who can really be entrepreneurial in their approach to get something done. That's right. Yeah. That's I, right. I mean, I love it when an employee says to me, "Hey, I figured out a way we can do that more efficiently." Mm-hmm. Yes. here's a way where we can improve cost, or right. here's a way where we can get better client satisfaction mm-hmm. or better response mm-hmm. from the product. Yeah. And and then what I'm seeing is someone who's really being entrepreneurial mm-hmm. in their approach mm-hmm. to doing the job, to doing what I ask them to do. Sure,
2: sure. I always open myself to you know, to, the, uh, to the criticisms from my employees right. or to the inputs. Yeah. Because we don't know right everything in life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have to be opening myself to all those kind of inputs to you know to, to to build this business. Gotcha. Gotcha. So now that goes into
1: the second point, uh, your second point of being coachable. That's right. Uh, so this is you know when I think of coachable and you just jump in here, but my mind goes to one, someone who's not hard headed. Yes. Right? Yes. As someone who's not, you know uh, I don't know any other way to say it, but who's not arrogant. Right? That's
2: right. Yes. It, it
1: it is it's not about how much you think you know it's about, can you do what I absolutely know needs to be done as mm-hmm. the manager, as the boss? Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I think of coachable, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm seeing. Are there any other word pictures that we can give our listeners uh, as you think about someone who's coachable? What do you see when you see someone who's coachable?
2: Well, I think you have described it really well. Okay. <laughs> yes. okay. Yeah. Because, I mean, as the coachable person, we have to be humble. Right. right. Humble. Humility, Humility is great. Humility, that's yeah. right. I mean, as I mentioned before, that we, even as the have who has good education and high education, we don't know everything in this world. That's right. Right? So we have to be humble, you know, and then open ourselves to different kind of inputs.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that's key. Uh, yes. And there's not a... When I think about... Um, the culture uh in in uh, at least america's culture
2: mm-hmm.
1: um that's a tough one yeah because our society is very individualistic
2: that's right
1: it is really about um it's really about me in, yeah, in, in, yeah. in, in this country so it's really about well how do i feel about that well, uh-huh. how does that affect me right yes you know and that's that would kind of fly in the face, it seems, of being coachable, being humble, mm-hmm. of being willing to learn or being willing to, even when you think you know it, to step back mm-hmm. and allow someone else to take the lead. Mm-hmm. Just seems like a really challenging. Do you see that a lot in the workplace? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking more in your, your, your skill um, as a software engineer. You're dealing with some very bright people. Yes. You being one of them, of course.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of, you know, Americans in court, right? Right. That uh, they're just so arrogant. Yeah. Typically, uh, what I believe, they will not last long in the workplace. Why not? Well, because who wants to work with the arrogant person? Right. Right. If you th- if you think you know everything and then in fact at the end of the day you all your knowledge are not you know useful right you know, who will follow you yeah basically the leaders uh, they will follow well a lot of people will follow the leaders right who will be you know open to different things right right and then as the followers you just look up on that person right so I do believe that if you're arrogant you know nobody's gonna work with you yeah and then in fact I've seen a lot of things I'm like Arrogant person you know, in the workplace, let's say that he thinks that he knows everything when his educational background is not really, you mm. know, proving that he knows those kind of skill sets. Right. Uh, I mean, like nobody likes him. Yeah. <laughs> or nobody likes her. And then you know, at the end of the day, they just you know quit. Yeah. Nobody
1: cares what you know. Yes. Until they know you, you care. You cares. That's right. Yes, yeah. I love that one. Yeah. Yeah, I yes. love it. I love it. And, yeah. and the truth is that. To being, uh, you know, being a leader is a privilege given, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: not a privilege earned. Yes. You know, you cannot lead if you look around and nobody's following you. That's right. Uh, And I think that I think to your point of being coachable and really it's almost synonymous with being humble Mm -hmm. uh, and being willing to pour in and listen to others and allow others to pour into you. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think that's a great skill set. And then finally, you talked about persevering. You know, just this, this, this willing to give up quickly. I am not getting what I thought I should get. I'm Mm -hmm. done. Yes, You know, and, and as a business owner, what are you thinking when you run into that person in your workplace?
2: Well, as the owner, I try not to give up first. Right. Right. Because uh, I do have several uh, workers who used to be like that. Right. They just, you know, maybe finish, you know, they're finishing their college degree, you know, bachelor's degree. And then they do not have a lot of, you know, like personal skills, uh, you know, like people skills. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to give up easily yet. I Typically, I just, okay, tell them what to do. And then I try to be patient as well. Right. right in developing this these this people. Gotcha. Right? Uh, because we cannot expect people to follow as what you want. Because we all different kind of things, right? Right, right. So different, uh, different, yeah, different kind of behaviors, and then uh, with those uh, employees, I just teach them, and then throughout the times, uh, I've seen a lot of you know going or the growth in their you know ability to work with other people, and then to follow my orders.
1: So that's it's interesting when 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 we talk about this trait of not persevering and giving up quickly you actually equate that to a, a lack of people skills. Yeah. It's very interesting. I, I like where you're yeah. going there. So this tendency to give up my hands quickly, um, if, if I'm hearing you right, mm-hmm. is really a translation of I'm quitting because I don't know how to communicate or work effectively with the person across from me mm-hmm. and I'm getting frustrated. This right. Interesting. That's right.
2: Yes. As the successful workers, we have to be able to work with different types of people. Right. Right. And then, you know, basically that's the people skill that a lot of people I do believe is lack- lacking. Right. That's basically one of the reasons why back then uh, when I finished my master's degree in computer science, I decided to continue my MBA. Gotcha. Because at that time I do believe that I lack people skills. Engineering gives you the technical skills, mm-hmm. but they don't give you presentation skills, how to deal with people, how to, to 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 show your ideas. Right, and then you know that's why I continue with my next education.
1: It's, it's interesting. I, I interviewed Ezekiel Brooks, who's a software engineer as well, and uh, has an engineer, uh, software engineer, architect. I don't know the fancy <laughs> terms. You probably will.
2: Yeah,
1: but he spoke of the same things. Uh-huh. He spoke of you know in 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 the world of i.t if you don't have people skills no matter how smart you are at the end of the day it'll kill you that's
2: right you're you're only
1: going to go so far but that also applies in corporate america main street america wall street you know your street it really doesn't matter Uh Uh, even in mcdonald's right As, as if you're a part of the crew team there if if you don't have the people skills That's going to plague you to typically throw your hands up Mm -hmm. and quit. And one of the things, one of the reasons why, from my observations, is because you tend to look outward and never inward. So what Mm -hmm. you see is everyone else's problems. And it's always harder to deal with our own problems, right? Andreas, I really appreciate you taking the time to really go into a little depth here no around um, around your career and what you've observed. Uh, and I'm hoping you're going to stay with me on the other side of the hour here. And uh, I want to dig into how we can help our kids sure. be ahead in the workplace. Sounds good? Sounds good. Sounds great, good to me. great.
0: You've been listening to episode 26 of On Your Way to Work. Tune in next week where Rick and Andreas continue this conversation and go in-depth on how you can help your child move to the front of the workplace. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or just want to get connected, check us out at facebook.com slash rawitted, tweet us at twitter.com slash rawitted, And check out the website for the latest news on the podcast, the books, and any speaking engagements. This is On Your Way to Work, signing off.